We'd like to welcome you back to another Football's Family podcast, and this is going to be a shorter episode, but I just have to get this off my chest. Good thing, a bad thing, and then kind of an event that you might be interested in if you're interested in maybe starting a podcast or moving further with your podcast. Uh, But I want to go with the thing that's concerning me, and and y'all know where my uh, affiliation lie where my heart lies is with my titans I'm, I'm looking around in my office here and i've got a lot of two-tone blue everywhere uh, it was funny i had uh somebody saw my truck and said i didn't know you were a titans fan i my titan stuff all over my truck and i thought hmm you didn't know i was a titans fan well if you saw my office you would know real quick where my loyalties lie and it's i wouldn't say it's sad but it's a little bit sad <laughs> Especially now, because yesterday, and this is, I'm filming this, uh, recording this on a Tuesday. Yesterday, Kevin Byard, the mayor of Ma- uh, Murfreesboro, gets traded by my Titans. Gosh, I like that guy. He was one of the best dudes that we've got on our team, best player, uh, really good guy. And, you know, he had at the beginning of the season kind of a, a thing with the ownership and the GM about they wanted him to renegotiate his contract and he wouldn't do it. So they finally worked it out and helped with the salary cap issue. But you kind of felt like at the beginning of this season that this was it for Kevin. Well, I didn't think it would go down like this. I didn't think it would go down like this, but I'm telling you what, kudos to the, I just read just a little bit ago that the coach for the Eagles didn't know that they made that trade until the trade was done. I kind of think you need to get the coach involved with the trade, although uh, Coach Siriano would not have said no to that. Golly, you're getting one of the best safeties in the league, uh, and you're going to have Nashville North there in Philadelphia with A.J. Brown on one side and Kevin Byard on the other. Golly, that that team. Philadelphia, if you don't want a Super Bowl this year, uh, rethink some things. Uh, of course, you didn't play that great this, you know, this weekend, but that doesn't mean anything. You're going to have bad weeks. But but here's my problem. And, and if you've ever had a fire sale, your team had a fire sale. I remember Oakland A's having fire sales all the time where they get good players, but they can't afford them. Uh, and, and you'll have that sometimes with uh, the Houston Oilers back in the eight, uh, early 90s had a fire sale before they moved to Nashville. You just get rid of all your good players and you start all over again. The Nashville Predators had one uh, this past year. A lot of a lot of national teams there. Hmm, that may be a kind of a theme going on. But when you start to see big name players who again who are who are, you know, there's a lot of salary cap involved with them, go. What is your first reaction? Because to me, Kevin Byard, when he leaves this year, when he's gone, he's gone right now, uh, that opens the door for a lot more. I don't think it's gonna stop with him. I think I hate to say this, but I think Derrick Henry is gone. DeAndre Hopkins, who they just got, probably is gone. Um, Ryan Tannehill probably wouldn't be traded, although I've heard rumors about him trading. I don't think people would want to put their uh, their team on his ankle right now, but he, he's he gone. His, this is last year's contract. They're not going to resign him. Uh, you have people in the secondary and in the, in, in the linebacker core – there's even rumors that Jeffrey Simmons could be gone. I'm like, golly, do not trade Jeffrey Simmons. That is our team. He is awesome. Don't trade him off. But there's rumors that he could be gone too. When your team does this, 
especially this early in the season, because it's relatively early. Do you think that you have any hope for the rest of the year? Anyway, just for the Titans' sake, who do you start at quarterback? You have a guy, Malik Willis, who is who is all around a really good athlete, but last year we brought in Josh Dobbs to play the last game to get into the playoffs. That's how much faith they had in him last year. And they signed Will Levis, and they hadn't given him a chance this year, which kind of tells you something because when – Ryan Tannehill goes down. Malik Willis is their backup. Kind of tells you something about Will Levis. Are they tanking for Caleb Williams? Because there's a good chance that if we don't win too many more games, we could be in the top five overall, which is not typical for us to have. Uh, You know, would that be – could we get the number one pick? The last time we did that, we traded out of the number one pick. But if we got the number one pick – we would be dumb not to go with somebody like Caleb Williams, who to me is one of the best passers I've seen. Unless he's playing Utah, he's one of the best passers I've seen in a long time. If your team did that, how would you react? You know, I've got my Titan stuff over here, and I'm kind of hiding it. <laughs> I'm kind of hiding it. I'm going to still be with my team, but, man, you look forward to this since – January, December, January. And the first thing you do is start to lose games that you're not really supposed to get blown out. It's ugly. And now you're looking forward to, well, I guess we have to wait till the draft in April. That's pretty sad, man. So it is. But I want to get something neat. About two, three weeks ago, I can't remember the exact date because I've slept since, since then. With my family, I went down to New Orleans to get on a boat to go sailing around. And I had the chance to go see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play the New Orleans Saints. I've never been to another football stadium other than Nissan Stadium. And uh, I realized quickly that people down in New Orleans are spoiled rotten. Y'all are spoiled rotten in a good way. I'm not complaining uh, the Nissan Stadium that we have right now is nothing compared to the Super Superdome. And I'm not just talking about the amenities. I'm talking about everything around it. I enjoyed walking from the hotel that I was staying at uh, down New Orleans. I actually got to see where Live and Let Die took place. And I took a picture next to where the, well, I'm not going to give away the movie. Because if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Roger Moore's first foray is James Bond. But... I got to go and experience that the smells, good smells. There were some bad smells. Good gracious. I got beads and I showed my wife, I got beads. She said, what'd you do to get those beads? I said, I was just walking by. They threw it at me. True story. True story. Uh, I got to go in, go, go up and see the Steve Gleason uh, statue. I got to see, things I've only seen on video games and and TV shows because I was watching the Titans play the Saints at the first game of the year. I was like, man, this is dark. Dark. Well, yeah, it's really dark in the Superdome in a good way. It's not bad. It's just that's the way it is. Walking in, I had to go up to the sixth store. There's a bunch of levels and very, very steep seats down there in, in New Orleans. But I walked up walked in and you are about field level when you walk in beautiful 
Now, I did ask some of the locals there, is, this, is the uh, field that bad? As people were sliding on it, I said, yes, it's been that bad. I didn't know that. I had beer spilt on me. I felt like I was part of the crowd. But I enjoyed my time there. I mean, what was neat about it is you, you as a fan down in New Orleans, there's a different type of passion that I that we don't have up here in Nashville. People do like their Titans, but you love your Saints. You love your Saints. You've been around since with some very, very bad teams. So the Titans have, but it hadn't been as long. When you were found, I believe, in 67, your team wasn't good, and it took a long time before they got good. I would say that they got good with with several pe- teams in the 90s, but it was really when Drew Brees came about that your team turned around and became recognized as a good team overall for several years. You stuck around during that whole process, during Katrina, the after effects. You kept that team there in New Orleans because there was a chance it could have moved to San Antonio. The one thing I appreciate about my just my experience just about three hours on a Sunday is I felt the passion that that team that that you as a fan base have for that team. I love it. It's just it's it's so humbling to see how football, even though it's just a game, can become part of the society that that it's in, and you don't want to lose it. I loved. I didn't realize it that you play Margaritaville during the game. Didn't know that. Now, as I was leaving, because I didn't know what it would be like to get out of the stadium, I walked by a a jazz band. I thought, well, that's pretty cool. They just started playing, and I don't know if they had the permission to play, but the security people and the uh, ushers were listening to dancing around with them. I thought, only in New Orleans. That wouldn't work in Nashville. Uh, we don't have the room for it, number one. And, and number two, uh, most music in Nashville depends on the banjo and the guitar, not so much the the horns and things like that. So it's completely different. I like my experiences with Nashville, but I'm telling you, just going down there and experiencing that with New Orleans and the fans down there, y'all doing it right. Y'all are doing it right. And, man, I wish I had about three or four stomachs because the food that people were grilling, good gracious. I, I didn't get to eat at Mother's Restaurant this this time. I, I regret it because Mother's is just fantastic. But man, those that smell going up and down the road leading to the stadium, just just awesome. And again, like I said just a second ago, they threw the beads at me. I didn't do anything to get it. And I'm sticking to that story. Now, I, I want to, before we end here, I have a an email that I want to read from a friend of mine, Marcus Ogden. He is teaching a bunch of podcasters how he turned his show into a global top-ranked podcast and brought in 250000 k from sponsorships and another 750000 from clients and speaking gigs all in 12 months. So if you are interested in in learning how to improve your podcast or looking at starting a podcast, uh, Marcus Ogden, who I've had on the show before and talked to several times, is hosting a podcast profits workshop 
November 2nd and 12, uh, November 2nd and 3rd, I should say, from 9 Pacific, 11 Central, 12 Eastern, 2, 12 Pacific, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, three hours on each day. I'm going to include in the show notes an email that will send you to the event if you are interested in going. It is available to to anyone who wants to. Just you'll have to look and 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 follow the prompt and see what it says. If you're interested, just click on the the information. Just click on the email and and enjoy it. Marcus is a is a cool guy, a nice guy, and I'm sure he can help you out if you're interested. But this is a this is a podcast profits workshop that he is hosting on November second and third. So I will put this in the show notes. Again, thank you all for listening to the Football's Family Podcast.